Welcome to the Passive Mobile Home Park Investing Podcast with your host, Andrew Keel. This is the podcast where you can get the education you need to invest 100% passively in the highly profitable niche of mobile home parks. Welcome to the Passive Mobile Home Park Investing Podcast. This is your host, Andrew Keel. And today we have a very special guest with us in Mr. Jose Garcia, famously known on Instagram as the Trailer Park King. He is the best-selling author of How to Become the Next Mobile Home Millionaire. Before we dive in, I wanted to ask you all a real quick favor. Would you mind please taking an extra 30 seconds to head over to iTunes and rate this podcast with five stars? This helps us get more listeners, and it means the absolute world to me. I literally read everyone and I check for new reviews daily because it lights me up. So thanks for making my day with that five-star review of the show. All right, let's dive in. Jose is a mobile home investor, coach, and mentor. He started out with single mobile home investments and has since done over 500 profitable transactions within the last seven years. He currently uh, works in the Southeastern United States and is expanding. His goal is to coach everyday individuals step-by-step on how to profit from a recession-proof asset, mobile homes, so that they too can create financial independence. Um, I was lucky enough to meet Jose at the SECO conference this year. Uh, We did a joint session on how to leverage Lonnie dealers in your mobile home communities. And the attendees were mostly mobile home park operators and and owners. So it was a really awesome session. Uh, I started out as a Lonnie dealer. A lot of people don't know that, but I started out with individual mobile home, uh, you know, flips and things like that, uh, similar to, to Jose. So we were following the guidance of the the initial OG mobile home investor, Lonnie Scruggs, uh, who wrote the book Deals on Wheels. But Jose, it's great to connect with you again. Welcome to the show. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Andrew. Uh, would you mind starting out by telling us a little about your story and what inspired you to get started investing in mobile homes? Sure. So going on eight years now, I decided to get into what what I thought would be real estate. I think I had watched too much HGTV or Discover TV or whatever, and I thought I can do flipping houses too. <laughs> Back then, however, seven, eight years ago, there was I had little funds. I was working as a corporate logistics manager. So I had big dreams, desires, but little income or cash flow to obviously get into real estate. Now, obviously, there's so many ways to get in with little or no money. But again, I'm, I'm green. I know nothing. I simply watch the TV show and I'm intrigued. So, you know, I, I spent some time just trying to do browsing and searching and trying to do the most learning I can. No matter how I put it, it was just not feasible when it came to the money, to the capital, in a sense. And in some of those meetups and RIAs that, you know, are, are back up and going again, somebody said, do it with mobile homes. It's easier. And it just kind of just clicked on me. Now, I grew up partially in a mobile home, so I knew how to live in one, not rehab one. But I thought, well, it's got to be the same as the houses. I just started searching, where can I find mobile homes? Where are the most mobile homes? And of course, then immediately communities, trailer parks are still considered some at that time. And, you know, I thought, OK, well, then let me start calling communities and see if they have any tips or uppers. And I make a joke is I like to go back and hear my conversation the first time. I'm sure horrible, horrible, <laughs> but it was a bunch of no's. No's, we don't we don't deal with investors, no kind of thing. Somewhere in there, one of the community owners uh, finally said, uh, yeah, I think we got one we potentially sell to you. 
almost like a shock to me. He's like, really? Somebody actually has one that they're willing to, to let me. So first thing next morning, I was out there checking it out, reviewing it. To me, it just seemed like opportunities everywhere. It was ugly, dirty, cat smell, the typical individual mobile home Lonnie deals talks about. But I saw I could do something with that. So that one mobile home, I ended up rehabbing myself because quickly I realized that contractors don't like to work. They don't like to show up. So I ended up being now I'm married. I have a logistics job, but I'm thinking I got to get this done. Of course, every what if thought is coming to your head. Every reason why it's not going to work out. What, what am I doing this? I got another job, but I pushed through it. I said, let me just get a rehab rented, sold. I, I don't want any more part of this here. So, but we did. I, I got it done and I finally listed. And, you know, a couple of weeks go by and I end up renting it. Something about that, collecting that deposit, that first month, seeing people's joy, signing the agreement. It's like, this works. This really can work. So we scaled from there. Go on to the next one. The next one. That first year, I ended up doing 10 mobile homes all myself, rehab, putting them out on the market as a, I was official landlord, if you will. And then from there, we scaled on to rent the owns, to notes, creating financing. Coaching came in there a little further after people realized what I was doing, talking about it. Can you teach me? Can you show me? Basically, when I think of coaching, mentoring is I just show people what I do. What I do, I know works. I, I don't try to read up a book. OK, so it's I'll teach you what I know. I know it works. So it can be done. And we've just scaled. We just scaled from there. From that first and 10 more homes that first year, we've done over probably more than 600 now transactions overall with everything we do. And we did just acquire our first park this year. Awesome. That's so cool, man. Congratulations on your success. That is fantastic. <laughs> you know, what don't we know about mobile home investing that like, you know, the typical person, right? You see the, the mobile home parks, but what don't we know about the individual trailers and, and investing in those and like what matters? Yeah. So I, I think overall mobile homes anyway, is they're very overseen when it comes to real estate. I call it the hidden side to real estate that a lot of people are still not aware of. Now, when you think of mobile home parks, you know, that's one investment in itself. But individual ones, there's so many opportunities. We do rentals, rent the owns. Like I said, we create financing with it. We flip them. We do Airbnbs, Section 8s, veteran assistant housing. So it's like endless opportunities and all these things can be streams of income also. That's really cool. You know. How would you say your strategy has changed from when you first started to now? You know, is there, you know, maybe something that happened? Maybe your first ones were a little more rough and you were willing to do more rehab versus now? Or is there any other thing that you would say, hey, this is how my strategy has changed? This is my buying criteria now compared to where it was? I would say responsibility I want on my hands. So if I'm going to do a rental, I'm more prepared to know I'm a landlord. Now, I'm going to be a card or my people, my, you know, whoever I have in charge to come and handle something like that. I've changed more into the rent to own for two reasons. One is I don't want the call. I don't want to be a landlord. I, I want to yeah. be a homeowner and then finance to somebody else. And I do want to help people achieve that American dream of owning something and not just renting. Gotcha. Yeah. So you started out renting, thinking, hey, I want to hold on to these things. And that transitioned into like more of Lonnie's model which is like, hey, we're going to sell these things and create a note and, and create a contract where they're making monthly payments for the equity in the home. Is that right? Dead on. Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. Is mobile home investing, I've seen it on like click funnels and things like it's like 
skyrocket in popularity. It's insane. It was like the number one click funnel last year was a mobile home investing click funnel. So like, is there still opportunities out there for individual mobile home investors or is it just saturated with investors like yourself? Yeah, no, that, that's funny you say that is, you know, seven, eight years ago when I started, it seemed like nobody invested in mobile homes. And, and there's always been investors, but the ones that did kind of, they were low key. I'm doing it. Nobody knows. Keep to myself kind of thing. Yeah. Then, of course, there's the stigma that still follows, which I don't see it as a negative thing. Just part of what this industry is or can be. As far as is it too congested? I don't think so. I think there is more than enough mobile homes to go around. And there's even a bigger, greater need for affordability housing, which we know mobile homes are the, the last resort of when it comes to mobile to affordability housing. So anybody new in this industry or getting in this industry, to me, it's just one more person I can do business with. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. You know, I remember when I first got into mobile home investing and the reason why I stayed was the demand. It was like those homes that I had that were, you know, when I was flipping a single family house, everything had to be perfect. The buyers were doing a home inspection and I had to do you know, even more tweaks, you know, during the home inspection process. Uh, but when I had those mobile homes and I was selling them, it was like I had 25 people the first day, you know, reach out to me off of Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist to buy those. So I, I would say that that demand, that, that crazy amount of demand, it's really hard to mess something up when you have that kind of demand, right? I think I agree with you. You know, I think it's it's unique and it's adding affordable housing units that otherwise would would sit vacant. You know, and people need this type of housing. So tell me this. You know, with all of your mobile home deals, how are you sourcing them? Are you going direct to park owners? Is that you know the major funnel for you, or are you buying these independently? You know, from private owners. Yeah, so that's another strategy kind of changed a bit for us now is we we were doing more onesies, twosies, anywhere I could find a deal at mobile home. Uh, our branding marketing has grown quite a bit and we're pushing for it. So I want to be known as if somebody wants to sell or buy a mobile home, I want them to think of me. So mm -hmm. the branding is huge. We get calls from people who buy land and basically know nothing about a mobile home. They know we buy them, we can move them off their land. So they'll call me and say, hey, I got a, I bought a piece of land and there's this disgusting mobile home sitting there. Mm. I don't know if you want to want to buy it. A lot of times those homes are good condition that they just don't want them on their land. Mm -hmm. So we can buy from there. But the majority would be connecting from, which is a beautiful network, like connecting with yourself is park owners that come to us and say more so, hey, I have 20, 30 homes sitting on my, on my community. That's one thing I, I tell, you know, these park owners, and I know a lot of park owners, unfortunately, get comfortable with, well, I got so many active and some are just living in there forever. I don't really worry about them. It's more so bringing that to light. You know, this is costing you money, not making you money. So if we're able to come in here and we start talking numbers, business people understand numbers. If you have 10 vacant pads at 500 each, for example, how much is that lost revenue a month? How much is that lost revenue in 12 months? That's a year. Not to mention you're paying taxes on this piece of property. So now you're paying to lose money. That just don't, doesn't sound right. So now, you know, there's a purpose for us to work together and we take them on, you profit, we're responsible. You know, it's, it's a beautiful partnership. Definitely. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, from the park owner standpoint, you know, we don't want the park owned homes. We just want the lot rent. And I'll, I'll never forget that when I first spoke to a park owner when I was, you know, Lonnie dealing. He said, hey, you can have the home. I'll give you a couple months free lot rent for you to rehab it and sell it. You know, I just want it occupied with a paying tenant and I don't want to own the home. I just want the lot rent. And that was like a huge shift 
maybe you can talk about that. You know, since you just bought your first park this year, you know, what are the major differences between, you know, your mobile home investments, you know, the Lonnie deals, and then, you know, mobile home park investing and, and mobile home park ownership? You know, what are the pros and cons of each? Responsibility. Well, we're back to that. So, you know, the thing about, and again, it's a partnership. Yes. You know, the park, like you just said, they say, I don't want to be responsible. It's really what they're saying. They simply want to rent the dirt and not have any responsibility with the tenant, with the houses, toilet breaks. Mm -hmm. I don't care as a park owner because that's your responsibility. Well, the same with me, in a sense, if I invest in an individual mobile home inside of a community, my responsibility is the mobile home. So should the plumbing, you know, bust under the ground, for instance, that's not my responsibility. If the light post electric, whatever is outside the mobile home goes bad or something happens, that's not my responsibility. So when I think about now me, I buy the whole park. Well, now I'm very responsible. And, you know, as soon as we bought that park, two of the homes actually that had to get power apparently had to be inspected and permits. And it was, I think, over 3000 a piece just to do that. So that was like a reality. It is. There's the responsibility. And, and it's pros and cons like everything. I'm, I'm not knocking it by any means. It's part of the process. But when I think about investing in a park versus a mobile home, it's a big difference in number and responsibility. That's a good point, right? Because because how you make money currently is you're you're buying individual mobile homes, fixing them up, and then selling them on contract to an end buyer that will eventually own the home, right? So that responsibility is passed on to them. They're responsible for repairs and things because you're just generating a note, right? You know, for like a promissory note, and they're paying that. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, we finance to them, and we structure differently: rent the owns or lease options, or just whichever. But yeah, they are responsible for any any anything should break in the home. Gotcha. And that's where you're saying, hey, if you own the whole park, you know, you got a lot of responsibility in terms of infrastructure and things that you have to maintain. Right. That's the difference. Just, yeah, just something to definitely keep in mind. So. So I guess the million dollar question is, is, hey, how much does it take to get started investing into individual mobile homes? How much does it take to get started? How would you find your first deal? Yeah, well, well you said it uh, yourself a few minutes ago. You said they would give you the mobile homes. You know, not every, no deal is the same. No investment is the same. We know that. But some mobile homes can be free if you make the right connection with the right park owners. Because again, they don't care about the mobile home, the value, no value. They just want the lot rent. So when you can be a problem solver, that's what an entrepreneur is, come into a community and I can take this fixer upper, handyman special, call it whatever you want. And I can bring it back up to code, presentable, livable, and get an actual tenant that pays lot rent on time every month for years to come. You know, that's beneficial. So therefore you may be able to stumble upon free mobile homes that way. How much can you get into mobile home? I would say a good $10,000. You should be able to acquire a mobile home, get a rehab out there and become a landlord. Wow. Yeah. $10,000 and, you know, some grit to, to pick up the phone and start calling park owners, mm -hmm. right? That's uh, anybody can do it, right? Absolutely. I would say so. Yes. That's fantastic. So I know you're, you help coach, you know, clients on you know getting started investing into mobile homes you know what would you say is the biggest mistakes that you see your coaching clients making before they come to me <laughs> is overpaying for, for mobile homes i would say and that's like with anything you know it's you wouldn't buy a house stick built unless you have comparables unless you were able to comp it to be able to know what the value is 
Well, mobile homes don't have that, not individual ones inside of communities. We don't have the Zillow, Trulia, FMLS, none of those. I call luxurious real estate sites. Mm -hmm. So therefore, you got to do legwork. You got to get out there, make phone calls, find out what's sold, what what is selling, what kind of condition they sold in so that you can put a number and say, okay, for this big store offer as is, this is what the value is. So I think the majority, the bit, one of the biggest mistakes there is they're overpaying. They're overpaying for a mobile home. And, you know, the profits are X amount. If you overpay, if you start out already wrong and already more money into it, you know, obviously the profits start diminishing, if not go away altogether. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Definitely overpaying for a mobile home has to be a huge mistake, you know, if you're not doing comps and things like that. So that's a good one. Is there anything else that you would say, hey, you know, newbie, you know, mobile home investor, Lonnie dealer, you know, watch out for XYZ? I would say stay away from anything under 1980. We know that pre-HUD is 1976 and then obviously post that, you know, but it's also, I don't want to ever limit myself or put in a position in myself where something, everything were to go south. Everything went wrong. Let's say I invest in a 1970 model single wide, which we have in the past inside of a community. The community is closing or something happens, the relationship there suddenly, park owner, investors don't get along. They're going to say, move your mobile home out of my community. You're, you're evicted in a sense. Well, you can't move mobile homes that are made under 1976. So now what? Now you got to move it. it. It may mean you have to demo it. So start with something I would say 80s, 90s is even better. Okay, Just to stick with something newer that you can, can move if you had to move in a sense. And then another one would be investing in certain communities. So I have invested in some 55 and above older communities, which, which is great. The clientele is phenomenal. But again, there's a limitation there because when we put it on the market, the majority of the of the people that were calling us were 30 year olds, 40 year olds. And those don't qualify for that type of community. Rules and regulations can be another one. People in communities, most of them, I would say nine out of 10 people who live in a mobile community have dogs. That's just part of their life. That's, that's it's a family members the way they consider it. And some of these communities, they say no dogs allowed, period. It, it used to be no meaner breeds, pit bulls, or whatever that may be. Now it's just flatline, no large dogs in a sense. Well, we've lost some potential clients, residents that would have otherwise bought from us if a dog was allowed. So so you gotta be you gotta pay attention to age of the home, cost of the home, and rules and regulations. As long as all those check out or you know they're not going to be a limiting factor for you at the time of sale or rent, go with it. Awesome. Yeah, those are great tips. Yep, that's fantastic. What are some challenges, you know, that you face when Lonnie dealing, you know, or, you know, mobile home investing? What are, what are like some common challenges you run into? Well, can be financing. There is no financing for our type of investments. There are private money, hard money lenders, maybe. But if you were to try, and I tried this for a long time getting started, is trying to maximize is going to a credit union or local banks or bigger banks. They're not going to lend on mobile homes individually. They're inside of communities. And it all boils down to mobile homes are not real property. They're considered personal property like a car. You know this. They hold the title. And in their eyes, there's not enough security. You can move anytime you want. doesn't happen. But they don't see it that way. So you're going to run into issues where there's no funds traditionally wise in a sense and the same way the other way around 
when I go to sell, I would love to sell to somebody who can go get a loan and pay me off. And then they just deal with the bank. No lending. You made it beautiful, but it's still personal property, still not enough security, still a mobile home. Uh, you're not going to get lending for. So that would be one of them. Um, yeah, you know, the whole lending, which again, there's private and hard money lenders, but I, I can't I can't think of any other, I mean, ch- challenges and stuff. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, I think like you mentioned before too, you know, the park owner and the park rules, you know, making sure that you're, you know, planning. It's like for us, we don't want to buy mobile home parks in blue states, you know, Illinois, California, New York, because it's just that much harder to operate in those states with the you know more regulation where if you you pick up a, a state like Indiana or Arkansas or Florida, you know, more red states, you know, it's just that much easier to operate. So that's a, mm-hmm. that's good. Let's talk about passive investing. You know, I know you you have people that passively invest in mobile homes and, you know, why do you think busy professionals should passively invest? We'll just start there. Recession proof. <laughs> Well, you know, and you told me this, actually, we had you on one of our podcasts and you mentioned something that caught my attention. You said one of these pre- uh, previously months, uh, interest rate went from 1% to the next. And that 1% alone, I think you said, took out over 5 million people or something from being able to qualify. Mobile homes or affordability housing. Well, we say that over and over. And when there's when there's a market crash or recession correction, whatever you call it, you know, everybody has need somewhere to live. So those are the times when we get more people who are in need of, maybe unfortunately there's a foreclosure on their house, they're losing on their house, whatever it may be, they can't afford it. You know, we are that solution for them. So when I think about anyone investing, you're not going to make any money putting your money in the bank, putting it under your pillow. That's old fashioned. need to forget about that. You're trying to create passive income and you can put your money to work. We offer opportunities in the sense where maybe somebody can come in and work with us. We'll do this way equity, take the home, and they just invest their money and watch a return come back. But again, you know, when I think of investing, there's so many things we can invest in, but there's not many things I can think of investing that are recession-proof like mobile homes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's same with the parks, right? It's just that demand factor. And then, you know, I think affordable housing is not an easy problem to solve for. And manufactured housing definitely, you know, can take a dent out of it. So that's that's amazing. Let's talk about mobile home parks and investing into those. I know you have one. You know, what would you say are the most important things that like passive investors need to look out for when investing into, you know, an entire park? Yeah, well, my knowledge is limited there. We're still learning each and every day, educate ourselves. I've learned a lot from you when it comes to parks. You know, uh, you got to do your homework. Everything, even one mobile home in itself, you know, there's in real estate, they call it the due diligence part. You have to review everything, know as much as you can about this one specific home. When it comes to a park, you're talking a whole bigger factor. Now, now there's multiple mobile homes. Now, is a city septic, a sewer? Is there waste, you know, waste expand maybe? Is the mobile home park up? Can it be grandfathered? I know there was a huge one I was looking into. Should I move a mobile home out? Can I bring a new one, replace it? Can I add extra pads? Uh, what is the current? And then you get into the whole numbers breakdown of what is the current uh, cash flow, which I don't think there's one park owner besides Andrew who actually has the numbers together. It's just <laughs> he pays on cash. He pays <laughs> this one giant 
circle of we'll figure it out kind of thing. So I would say probably do the due diligence and focus on the infrastructure first, even before getting into the numbers. That's funny you mentioned that. I spoke to a seller of a mobile home park that we're buying uh, or under contract to buy. And he says, hey, we don't have tax returns, you know, and there's a certain <laughs> schedule that you can get. I think it's like a 8820 or something. You know, he's like, I'm not sending you my whole tax return, you know, and uh, you always get that weird phone call where he's like, hey, you know, you're not recording this, are you? And I'm like, no, why would I be recording this? He's like, oh, well, you know, I, I take a lot of cash and, you know, I don't want the I don't want I don't want the IRS making more than they should, you know, but it's just you run into that a lot, you know, with a lot of these mom and pops that don't have their financials in order. Uh, but a more professional operator realizes that you're stepping over dollars to pick up a dime because the yeah. best financing you can get, you're going to have to have good records, good financial records. And the mm -hmm. best financing you can get on a mobile home park is going to be with those agency lenders. And they require that that fine, mm -hmm. that, that tax returns and all those financials to be, you know, be perfect. So it's just interesting. You know, would you recommend that someone start out as a Lonnie dealer, a mobile home investor? before getting into mobile home parks and mobile home park investing? Like, do you think that would be a logical path to kind of dip your toe in the water uh, if you want to be an active, you know, mobile home park owner someday? I say this to my investors. The best mobile home park operators are those who start out as Lonnie dealers. Because I see a lot, and anybody can get into this industry, this business, but I see a lot of people come from real estate, apartments, condos, houses, and they'll ask me, how do you deal with this? What, what is this? All this going on stuff is so many moving parts. It's a different uh, a different environment. It's a different clientele. So when you start out as a Lonnie dealer, it's almost like you're starting from the bottom to the top. You're going to see every level of, you're going to meet the people, the, cli the clientele. You're going to see the product. You're going to understand how mobile homes operate in itself. Also, another thing I see park owners is a lot of them don't even know how the mobile home is set up in a sense that they don't know how to rehab. How do you fix this? Just simple little things like that, that nothing against them. But should they have started as Lonnie dealers like you and I, we've seen there. We've been there. We've done that. So it just makes it easier when you get to that level of park operating, owning a park. You know how everything in a sense works. Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, I've spoken to countless park owners that you know, when they're rehabbing a home, they don't realize that, hey, the windows are a different size, the, the doors mm -hmm. are a different size, the drywall is a different size. And a lot of this is special order. You know, you can't just go to Home Depot and, and buy this stuff. Yep. So it could be more expensive or you're going to have to have like a, a hodgepodge rehab, right? That like the door's there, but like, you know, they cut it too short. So there's a gap at the bottom <laughs> and the weather strip is letting <laughs> air in, you know, just weird things like that, that you don't think yep. about. So that's, uh, that's, that's good advice. Uh, Jose, what does the perfect mobile home park look like in your eyes and why? Uh, all age, very strict in rules, regulations, but fair for the community looking out for. You know, that's one thing is uh, when it comes to screening our, our tenants, I, I'm not so focused on their credit and, you know, their finances in a sense I do pay attention to. But to me, it's I'm always thinking more so not just for me, but also the community. Who am I bringing into the community is going to be part of that community? You know, so when it comes to the backgrounds, I'm checking very strongly on the criminal, sex offenders, uh, felonies, that sort of thing. It's like, would I want to live something next to something like that? 
then I don't expect the neighbor to or these kids next door to. So I think that a more sophisticated, perfect in a sense, community would be one that is thoroughly back screened, everybody, and it could be maybe an all age community. Okay. And then how about from a mobile home investment side of things, like a, you know, a Lonnie deal? What does the perfect Lonnie deal look like in your eyes uh, and why? Low entry, high high reward. (laughs) So, you know, we find mobile homes in all conditions, but the one that takes the less effort. And I mean, some of these mobile homes, we're into less than $5,000 into the mobile home. And we turn around and sell some of these for $25,000 and $30,000. We may take a $5,000 down payment and all of our money is paid in front of full. Now we can reinvest and now we're collecting passive income for three to five, seven years sometimes on that same mobile home. So I would say low entry with a high reward. Yeah. And what is a typical return on a, on a Lonnie deal, you know, that you're, you're doing? I would say on average where we stick to certain markets, it's about that. We can be maybe at most, my blueprint number is one third of all ARV. So if I can sell it after repair value for 30,000, then I don't need to be into a mobile home overall for more than 10,000. That's the home, the rehab, labor, holding, everything, 10,000 tops. So that when I go to sell it again, I can list it for 28, 30,000. And the famous, you know, home flipping, you know, equation is like, you know, that I grew up on or I I was taught was like 70% of ARV minus repairs was the the offer price to do a flip. So you're saying, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to do a third of ARV. I mean, that's that's a re- that could be a really <laughs> profitable deal, you know, but I think it takes a little grit, it takes a little hustle and you got to roll yeah. your sleeves up and be hands-on. It's 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 not as passive, right? It's not completely passive as you would think because you're you're actively getting involved, but yeah, it could be, you know, potentially really profitable. Jose, what do you think is the biggest threat to mobile home investing? Mm. Play devil's advocate for a minute here. You know, what's the what's the biggest threat? What what's your biggest concern or worry that could uh, could mess up your MH investment? Uh, unfortunately, uh, removing them. You know, I don't think I have not heard of a county or a city or a state who are thrilled to have mobile home parks. They just like, oh yeah, that's that's the community down down the street. Kind of, it's almost like that roll of eyes at any tax tax office or any government for that sense. Even though they would all agree that we need more affordability housing, and that's what mobile homes are. I think a worry would be is maybe a city, county, states, or you know, trying to eliminate mobile home parks. That would be the end of. I mean, we do individual mobile homes on land in itself, but the parks is where we do the majority. That's where we have Lonnie deals back to back to back. So eliminating parks would would be an issue. Definitely. Awesome, Jose. Is there anything else, you know, that you think our listeners should know about, you know, Lonnie dealing or mobile home park investing just before we sign off here? Like Andrew said, you know, you got to get a little dirty. You got to roll your sleeves up like, look, this is one of those industries where you're going to have to dance a little bit. And the more you do, the more it's going to benefit you. So getting out there, getting by this, even being in the environment, it's like, you know, be part of that environment to learn as much as possible. Goes with contractors. I've been known to be right there beside a contractor, not micromanaging, but I want to know what they're doing just to, to for later future purposes. I know how that turned out, why we're doing this, why we're fixing this, you know, learn as much as possible. Awesome. Great advice. Jose, if any of our listeners would like to get a hold of you, how would you like them to do so? 
Yeah, I mean, y'all can always email us the letter J at Garcia mhu.com or visit our website where we have all, all of our social media linked into which is uh garcia mhu.com all right and we'll put that in the show notes garcia mhu.com thank you so much jose for coming on the show thank you thank you yeah thank you for having me absolutely that's it for today folks thank you so much for tuning in hey are you getting value out of this show if so Would you mind please going over to iTunes and leaving the show a quick five-star review? I have a goal of hitting over 100 five-star reviews by the end of 2021, and it would mean the absolute world to me if you could help contribute to that. Thanks ahead of time for making my day with your five-star review of the show.